Hey guys, welcome back to Her Holy Hustle podcast. That was probably the fastest I've said the title of this podcast. Usually I say Her Holy Hustle podcast. I've noticed that I do that when I listen back to episodes and it's just because Her Holy Hustle podcast is a tongue twister to say. So usually I have to say it super slow to say it right. And there I said it really speedy. So celebrate with me. I'm quite proud of myself because that was the first time I said it really fast, not stumbling. So yay me. (laughs) Okay, so today I have Ainsley B on the show. And this was actually supposed to be episode 8. And it's coming out as episode 20 because it's just been so long since we recorded It could have possibly been two years since we recorded this episode. For sure a year, I think, maybe a year and a half. Anyways, it's been quite a while and that's just part of the podcasting game is sometimes you record an episode and it literally goes out the next day and then sometimes you record it and it doesn't go out for three months, six months and sometimes it's over a year and that's just kind of what it is and that's just what happens in the podcasting world depending on how many episodes you're you've batched ahead of time that you have already scheduled edited and recorded and stuff sometimes I'm really ahead like on my intuitive eating with Jesus podcast my food freedom from a biblical perspective podcast that one I'm very much so ahead of the game as well I think I'm actually all good to go into the new year and it's only summer of 2022 right now at the time of the recording and for that podcast all the guests that I'm having on, I'm telling them, okay, this won't launch till probably winter 2023, just so you know, just because I'm really ahead of the game. So this one is late, um, but we're doing it. So I'm going to read Ainsley's bio. Ainsley is an author, podcast host, and Enneagram coach, helping young adults discover or rediscover their identity in Christ. And she's super passionate about talking and teaching on confidence, identity, and dating. And she has a podcast herself called Wild Confidence. And I found her because she was a guest on my friend's podcast. The very first podcast that I was a guest on was called The Peace and Productivity podcast and she was a guest on that podcast and so then I checked her out and thought this is so cool so I love how when you listen to a podcast you might be listening to these regular podcasts but then they bring on guests and you might really resonate with their personality and their messaging and then you go listen to their podcast and then maybe they have a guest on that you really like so then you follow that guest on Instagram and it's just this whole thing when I think about lots of connections I've made I can trace it back to, oh, they were a guest on that podcast and I found that podcast because that podcast host was a guest on a different podcast I was listening to and you can just trace it back. Oh yeah, I found them four podcasts back. It's kind of like in a family. How are you related? Oh, we're like second cousins twice removed or whatever. It's kind of like the same thing. Oh yeah, I found them two podcasts back and (laughs) I don't know if that makes sense to you, but to me it does. Uh, Ainsley also has a new book out so maybe this is perfect timing that this is coming out way later than when we recorded it because her book just came out I think like a couple weeks ago and it's called Don't Date a Boo-Boo Dude. So raise your standards, realize your worth, and remove shame from the dating game. And Ainsley in that book she writes about her past exes, people she dated, and just the trauma that came with some of those relationships. And she's married now and has a sweet little girl who's only a couple months old, I think, who her name is Goldie, which is such a sweet little name. 
And what we're going to talk about today on the episode is actually resting as an Enneagram 3 entrepreneur. Ainsley herself is a Enneagram 2. I do believe her wing is a 3. And I'm an Enneagram 3 wing 4. And we talk about how to eliminate hurry as an Enneagram 3 just because we're known as the achiever. We like to accomplish things. Productivity feels really, really good. But it becomes sometimes if you're not careful and you don't have boundaries up, it can become an idol, which is not good. So that's what we talk about. If you're not sure what is the Enneagram, how do you even say the Enneagram? Like that's such a weird word. Well, we're going to dive in in this episode. Ainsley actually shares how can you use the Enneagram through a Christian perspective because she's a Christian and she's a Christian Enneagram coach. And she talks about briefly the nine different Enneagram types. And she also gives us some tips for struggling with rest and how to just be present in the moment and yeah, tips for eliminating hurry as an entrepreneur. And also since identity is something she really likes talking about, finding your identity in Christ, we talk about that as well. And Ainsley, at the time of the recording, she was... I think in the first trimester of her pregnancy, I don't even think she had announced it on social media yet. So she was feeling kind of yucky on the day of recording and we had had to reschedule multiple times for different reasons. And she was so gracious and came on the show though, even though she was feeling pretty nauseous. So grateful that she could come on and she just was feeling a little under the weather. Usually she's pretty uh, enthusiastic and just very big personality but she was just feeling a little more subdued just because, you know, when you're feeling sick, you're a little less uh, animated and that's totally fine. So anyways, I am excited for you to meet Ainsley and I will link her podcast and her book and her Instagram and all of that jazz in the show notes. So if you want to go hang out with her virtually even more outside of this podcast, you can go check out those links. Okay, let's listen to this episode on the Enneagram. I love the Enneagram so much and I'm excited for you to hear this episode. Running your own business is stressful. Nah, it doesn't have to be that way. Welcome to Her Holy Hustle podcast, where we teach you to hustle with God so your business is run with His abilities and wisdom, not your own. I'm your host, Nyla Weave. I know what it's like to start a business and feel like a chicken with no head running around that farmyard so stressed with marathon long to-do lists and all the contradicting opinions of business gurus of what is best to do. But I also know what it's like to start seeing God as my business partner. What a difference doing business his way makes on both my sanity and success. I'm on a mission to redefine the word hustle. As Christians in business, we don't have to toil as the world does for success, but can hustle with God. A kind of hustle that is productive and peaceful. Where our businesses don't run us, we run them. Where we can clearly hear God's voice for business decisions. With Jesus as your CEO, you can do business full of spirit-led strategy that's effective and enjoyable. Stick around and you can expect solo episodes by me, but also some amazing interviews with other Christian entrepreneurs and how they include God into their business. Hear about things they learned the hard way, things they wish they would have been doing from day one, and their practical advice for you to keep him first, even in crazy busy seasons of life and business. Ready to learn and be encouraged? Let's dive in. We have a 
an awesome conversation today about the Enneagram, and I'm so excited to just talk all things Enneagram, specifically about an Enneagram three, maybe, because um, there's lots of entrepreneurs who are threes, and we're going to talk about resting as, um, as an Enneagram three, and so we have Ainsley B on the podcast today, so welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Um, before I forget to ask, you're not a three though, right? You're a two. You're any I'm a number? two wing three. Yeah. Okay. So you get, you get. My husband three. is a three. Oh, okay. So you, you understand threes, even though it's not like your main number. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually have more um, behaviors of a three than a two. It's just that core motivator that is different. So interesting. Very familiar with three. The three world. The three world. I'm a three two, and I thought I was. I like I'm a three as well, and I thought I was a three two, but then I was reading all about the fours, and I'm like, I actually think I'm a three four. I think my wing is a four, and so it's mm -hmm. yeah, it's I like to get all moody and like get deep in my emotions. Creative. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. So yeah, well, I'm super excited to talk all about Enneagram. Um, I have a few icebreaker questions before we start. Um, yeah. Sure. So, what's the best thing you recently ate? Um, I just finished like watermelon, which is probably my all-time favorite thing in the summer. So that is, that will always be the best thing in, in the summer for sure. Did you recently went on a trip to, was it Hawaii? Is that where you? Yeah. Yeah. I was what in were, Hawaii. What were some cool things you ate there? Um, I'm trying to think. I couldn't take as much freedom as I wanted to with eating because I'm pregnant, so I couldn't have like poke bowls and that's really what I was wanting. But we found out the day before I went to Hawaii. So I was like, okay, well that scraps that. Um, but we had, dang, I wish, I wish I remembered what it was. It was at this restaurant. Um, and it was like a rice fried rice cake almost. Um, it was delicious. And then they had some kind of sauce that was with it, but the pineapple there was great. I mean, mm -hmm. we just ate at food trucks and it was amazing. So I had an awesome experience there, especially with the fabulous eating and the freshness of all the foods um, was really great. Mm -hmm. You're making me hungry now that all like fresh pineapple and fresh watermelon, all that. That sounds so Oh good. yeah, for yeah. sure. Sounds delicious. Well, congratulations too. That's awesome. You're Thank so you. So yeah. exciting. Very cool. exciting. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite form of self-care right now? Um, right now, I think it is puppy cuddles. I have a six-month-old puppy. And whenever he is feeling cuddly, like he kind of is today, he's chilling out today. Um, that's probably the most centering form of self-care for sure. Mm, I think I was reading an article that when you pet animals, like your there's like hormones that are released in you, like feel good hormones in you. And it's kind of cool that just petting an animal can definitely. Make, yeah. It's crazy. In college, um, they had for finals week, they would bring in puppies for everyone to play with during finals week because it releases that serotonin. It's, uh, it's so funny how they did popsicles and puppies. It was so cute. Uh, animals are, I think, I really do believe they're a gift from God because he created us to have that response to them. So yeah, cool. Definitely. Love that. What's your puppy's Definitely. name? Camper. Aww. And what kind of dog did you say? He's a golden retriever, but he's oh, a okay. red golden retriever. So he looks a little bit different, but. Oh, um, okay. 
Yeah. Cool. He's yeah. Super cute. I like when golden retrievers will like lean into you. Like they kind of mm-hmm. will just lean into you with the outfit. Oh, it's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Just melts your heart. Um, last one that I have here is what podcasts are you loving personally? Um, I really love Armchair Expert by Dax Shepard. I think it's funny, but also engaging. And he's so smart and super self-aware. So I really like listening to him. But I do listen to audiobooks more than anything, I oh, think. Okay. And right now I'm listening to uh, When Women Pray by T.D. Jakes. Hmm. And that's really good too. So those are two very different <laughs> sides of the spectrum, but um, I listen to all kinds of stuff. So do you always have any, listening, always listening. Yeah. Do you ever find it's overwhelming all the options out there to listen to? Um, I don't know. I guess I could, but I kind of just stick to my little list. Like I have a wish list and then I just go down the wish list and hmm. I don't know. I guess mm. that's how I don't get overwhelmed. <laughs> I should do that. Keep to a little list because I have too big of a list and then I get overwhelmed. Like, oh no, there's nine episodes I have to catch up for both for all like 40 epi- or podcasts I'm listening to. Oh so yeah, for sure. I should make a small little list. That's good wisdom. <laughs> um, yeah. I already shared your bio before we started, but I'd love if you just shared with my audience like who you are and what you're passionate about um, sharing with the world. Yeah. Um, so I am an Enneagram coach, a podcast host, and a writer that helps young adults discover or rediscover their identity in Christ. Um, and that kind of started once I was um, out of an abusive relationship. It was a domestic violence kind of a relationship. And in that, I was always wondering like what he thought about himself, because if he could talk to me the way that he was talking to me, how does he talk to himself? And that kind of started my own self-discovery journey. Well, what do I think about myself? What does, what does everyone else think about themselves? If this is a cycle that continues, how can we break it? And so that kind of launched my self-discovery journey, which led to, you know, an increase of self-awareness and um, an intimacy with the Lord that I had never known before because I practiced what I preach. I literally went into the throne room and reintroduced myself to the Lord and was like, okay, let's start over. Uh, Cause I grew up in the church. So I was very familiar with what the church says about what God, who God thinks you are. But it was then that I really rediscovered my faith for myself. And then I was able to help others do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I love that. And your podcast is um, wild confidence and you're big on like helping mm-hmm. people um, not only know their identity, but like be confident in it. And I love yeah. your, your mission behind your podcast. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that is super important. And uh, I love having those kind of conversations. When did you get certified to become an Enneagram coach? Was that like, yeah. What's the timeline on that? Uh, I started studying the Enneagram in 2016. I believe. And maybe, maybe a little bit before that, maybe 15, but regardless (laughs) quite a while ago, and then, um, became certified, I think in 19. Mm, Okay. So it's Mm -hmm. been, it's been a few years of like really diving into it. Mm -hmm. It, It's a huge topic. Yeah. (laughs) Diving into it. I mean, you can have all the same knowledge, as I do as a coach, you know, the knowledge is out there. 
you can know all the same things. It's just the difference. A coach is just a a different leadership style. Mm -hmm. So that's my opinion. I think anybody can know the information. It just, they may not know how to navigate it. Mm -hmm. Cause there's so, like you said, there's so much information out there on it for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess before we get started, um, not everyone on like listening even knows what the Enneagram is. And, um, so can you just explain what the Enneagram is and, uh, yeah, what would it, how would you say, describe it to someone who's like, what is that? Sure. Um, I borrow the definition from your Enneagram coach, uh, through Beth McCord, who is, who I'm certified under, because I think that they just say it so well. So the Enneagram, um, Ennea stands for nine and Graham is diagram. It's really simply a map or a GPS for self-discovery and personal growth based on nine basic personality types. The Enneagram really accurately describes why you think, feel, and behave in particular ways based upon your core fears and core desires. So it really helps transform those self-limiting behaviors into life-enhancing personal empowerment, which in turn will create and sustain meaningful and lasting relationships with others, with God, and within yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Beth. I've listened to lots of her like podcasts and she has lots of books. And so it's really cool that you've been trained under her. She's mm-hmm. um, awesome. Got a yeah. lot of, uh, I love how it's a Christian perspective on it, on the Enneagram. So definitely yeah, love that. Um, could you, could you go over the nine types briefly and explain like what a wing is? Is that possible to do briefly? <laughs> we can certainly try. <laughs> so, um, if you kind of, I, I don't, obviously a podcast isn't very visual. So um, whenever you get to a place where you can visualize, pull up the Enneagram diagram, and that'll help you see whenever we talk about wings, it'll kind of help you see what I'm talking about. But um, from the top to the bottom, we have one through nine. Number one is the reformer. That is the rational idealistic type. They're principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and perfectionistic. Um, Number two or type two is the helper. They're caring, interpersonal type. They're demonstrative, generous, people-pleasing, and possessive. Hmm. Type three is the achiever, the success-oriented, pragmatic type. They're very adaptive, excelling, driven, and image conscious. Uh, Type four is the individualist, the sensitive, withdrawn type, where they are expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. Type five is the investigator, the intense cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. Type six is the loyalist, the committed, security-oriented type. They're engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. Type seven is the enthusiast, the busy, fun-loving type. They're spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. Type eight is the challenger, the powerful, dominating type. They're self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. And type nine is the peacemaker, the easygoing, self-effacing type. They're receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. So these numbers are essentially going in order, but if you can find a diagram, you'll see that they kind of loop where nine will be to the left of one or adjacent to uh, type one. So your wings are the types on either side of your main type. So mine is a two, which means my wings are one and three. If you're a type three, your wings are two and four. A lot of people think that the wing is the second highest uh, 
scoring number. And that's not the case. You may have those behaviors, but that's not your wing. So that's kind of what it is, but if they're used to your advantage, um, you can use your wings however you want. I like to say that they're salt and pepper, mm-hmm. right? They just add to your personality. They add a little spice. You can pull from the creativity of the four if you're a three, or you can pull from the helpfulness of a two um, if you're a three as well. So there's just things that you can kind of take from um, from each of those wings. You can go back and forth between your wings. You can have a main wing. It, the options are endless when it comes to wings and how you can use them and utilize them. They do, I mean, you can also pull on their weaknesses. So it is important to not quote unquote over season and pull too much from that, that wing because you do want to stay focused on the growth part and the healthiest part of um, your type and your wings type as well. I've never heard them described that way, like with the salt and pepper analogy and like over seasoning or like how, um, yeah, you can, you can pull certain aspects. I don't know. Just the way you described it. I'm like that. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of a easy way for it to picture it. Mm-hmm. And I definitely, yeah, I think I pull from my four wing most, but I definitely sometimes I'm like, Oh, I'm pulling from the two in, in this situation, maybe with different definitely. people or on vacation or whatever, just Sometimes it just, you act differently in different situations. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Um, how can we use like some, I do know some people who are like, stay away from the Enneagram, like Christian shouldn't use Enneagrams. Have you ever got that um, response? And if so, like, what, what do you say to that? Yeah. I mean, I would say don't do anything apart from the gospel. Like, I think the Enneagram is useless without the gospel. So if Mm -hmm. people are like, stay away from it, I'm like, yeah, if you're not partnering with the gospel, sure. Stay away from it. (laughs) Like I will always say prioritize what the gospel says over what the Enneagram says, um, because the Lord is who is going to really concrete your identity and transform your identity. But I still believe that it is a helpful tool that can be used in partnership with the gospel. And I mean, that's, how I saw a lot of growth. I, it, it, it was kind of just like a shortcut for me where I read it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is very accurate. This makes sense to me. So now that I'm aware of these faults or I'm aware of these weeks, weaknesses and strengths, I know when I need to ex- like really depend on the Lord and call on him. Or I know whenever he's empowering me, I know whenever I'm in a season of growth, And then I can really race towards my calling, but you don't want to race anywhere if you're in a season of weakness, because it might cause a lot of wreckage. You might, you know, crash along the way. Mm -hmm. So it's important to, in my opinion, to go back and do that work that so you can fulfill the calling that he has placed on your life. Um, I do not teach the Enneagram outside of the Christian perspective. Mm -hmm. That's the only way that I will ever view it. Mm. Um, uh, we can't really like ignore the origins and they're a little bit sketchy for sure, but so is the foundation of our nation is a little <laughs> bit sketchy, you know, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that are a little bit sketchy that when, when restored by the gospel, mm-hmm. you can use your discernment, mm-hmm. but I always tell people, if it makes you feel weird, if you don't like it, don't use it. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Like no. use just a tool. You don't have to use this tool. It's just one tool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. I've heard Beth say um, she's like those core messages that you your number really needs spoken over you. I love how in one podcast I was listening to, she's like, go to the Bible like that message is going to be fully spoken over you through scripture, whatever it whether you need to be spoken over you that you're loved or that you're enough or you're forgiven or um, accepted or whatever, just go and those messages are fully satisfied in Christ. And if you're not, if you're not, um, yeah, if you're not reading the Bible, if you're not a Christian, like you won't, you're going to be looking to other people to like satisfy those core longings that you have. And um, so I love that she points us. Yeah. Like you said, use the Enneagram with the Bible, the gospel with Jesus. Otherwise it, it could be a slippery slope. Definitely. I mean, the, the way that I grew in my identity is, you know, self-awareness plus the gospel Mm -hmm. and the Enneagram for me was key in the self-awareness piece. Mm -hmm. So it's not the only tool out there. I think there's tons of great tools. It's just one of many, but it's the one that helped me the most. Mm -hmm. And I find that it's the one that has helped the people around me the most. Mm -hmm. So my growth formula, if you will, is self-awareness plus the gospel equals growth. Mm, I love that. Um, you had said your husband's a three and your, your wing is a three that, um, mm-hmm. you, you draw upon quite a bit. So threes, at least, um, I do. And I hear a lot of other threes, we find it hard to rest because sometimes we can tie like our productivity, like tie it with our worth. Like we got to achieve and accomplish has rest ever been a struggle for you. And like, if you, if both you and your husband have that struggle, that that could be a struggle, I guess, if you're like, we need to rest, but we both keep like, let's keep working on the to-do list, even though we're tired. Like, can you speak to that at all? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, my husband works, uh, really crazy hours. Um, I mean, seven to seven is a pretty average day. That's very normal day. Um, seven to one, AM is also a normal day in his life in his work schedule. So I typically would just keep working if he kept working Mm. because I'm like, well, what else am I going to (laughs) do? You know? Um, So yeah, I mean, I used to schedule meetings. I would have, I mean, six to seven meetings a day and on top of writing or podcast, you know, recording or whatever. And so we, we definitely see that quite often in our household. And we recently did something that we'd never done before. And I think it totally shifted both of our mindsets. And that is took a month off. Mm. Granted, we were blessed enough to do that. Um, He switched jobs and I work for myself. So I kind of, kind of just front loaded a lot of work and we took a month off where we did nothing work-wise We just, we went to Hawaii for two weeks and then we just hung out for two weeks and we weren't allowed to work. We weren't allowed to do anything. And it was kind of like seeing the world in color again, because we didn't feel the pressure to perform for anything or anyone else or, um, yeah, I mean, it just lifted a weight off of both of our shoulders, which I thought was really neat. So whenever it came to, okay, now we're getting back into work. Now what? I scaled back so much that I now only take two meetings a day and it has been like 
so incredible for my mental health. I stop working at by 6 PM, no matter what. And I'm like, what is all this time? Like there's so much time in a day because I stopped working and I'm like, I don't know what to do now. He doesn't have as much of that luxury as I do, but he's still, I mean, he stopped working yesterday at six and we were both like, do you want to like go somewhere? Do you want to do something? Like, what, what do we do with all this time that we're not working? So um, I think that it is a huge struggle within threes. And I think that you have to readjust your vision because it's almost like you're too close to the problem or too close to the work to see it clearly. Mm. It's, it's important to take a step back and refocus and re uh, reestablish, I guess, your, your life, <laughs> like your schedule and your intentions and what you really are striving for in that lack of rest or mm. when you're constantly trying to be productive. Why is that? Why like and sit and sit and think about that for a while? Um, because I know that that was incredibly helpful for us. Mm-hmm. It's like you got a taste of how good rest felt. And then you're like, I want to keep incorporating this because um, it just feels so good. Um, would you say that is true? Sure. And it felt productive mm-hmm. because it felt like we were taking care of ourselves. And uh. that felt like a huge win mm. that wasn't a waste of time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a waste of time to rest because we were then refueled and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um but still creating those boundaries to where I don't, will never get burnt out. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that was uh, really neat. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling led to in the month of July, I'm going to take off social media and I'm literally just going to pretend like Instagram, Facebook, it doesn't exist. It hasn't been invented yet. And I'm really excited to just see how that, like what that experience is like. And I feel like it's going to be something like yours where it's going to awaken like, okay, this feels so good to not always uh, be, feel the need to go on it or see what other people are doing. And so I'm really excited to see what that, that will teach me. I, I just feel like God has a lot to teach me through taking a month off of that stuff. There's nothing wrong with that stuff, sure. but, but just, I think breaks can be really, um, really good for sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, in Matthew three seventeen, I, I love where like, I think Jesus has just been baptized, I think. And then he comes out of the water and then God is like, you hear this voice from heaven and God is saying, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. And yeah, I heard a pastor say like, did you notice that like God is saying that about Jesus that I love you and I'm pleased with you. Um, that happened in this like chapter three of Matthew, but it's not till chapter four of Matthew that like Jesus actually started his ministry. And when I, as an Enneagram three was like, wow, God loved me before I even did a thing on my to-do list. Like that means he loves me the same at the start of the day when my to-do list is a mile long. And at the end of the day, when I've crossed a bunch off, like that is just a wild concept for me. Um, can you speak to like some of the lies that a, an Enneagram three may believe just like, cause I guess I was believing the lie, like the more you do, the more you accomplish, the more like loved you are. And can, yeah, are there some common lies like that, that you think threes struggle with? Definitely. I think all of those that you mentioned are um, huge for threes. They are very, um, 
prone to the lie that they're not valued or worthy unless they prove it or mm. um, something like that. And whenever I'm thinking about the people around me who are threes or my husband or anyone near, I, I have no clue what's on their to-do list and I still love them. Hmm. So whether it's one item or 10, I don't know what's on their list. I just want to hang out with them because I love them as my friend or as my husband or as my person. And like your kids don't care what's on your to-do list as long as they get to spend time with you. Mm. Your friends don't care what's on your to-do list as long as they're on it or so, mm. you know, something like that. So, I mean, you can accomplish all you want, but at the expense of your mental health or relationships around you, what, what have you accomplished? Mm-hmm. I think that's a very two thing for me to say, cause it's very relational, but threes are relational. They just, um, can become whoever they're talking to. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the most refreshing thing to meet a three who knows who they are mm. and knows, um, that I am a three. I am this person, even though I can become a chameleon and turn into anyone else. I think that, it's so refreshing because they are role models. A a healthy three is a role model because not only do they take care of themselves, they take care of their household or the people around them or whatever. And there's a light within them that is very, very bright um, that people see, people notice, people are drawn to it but that light becomes more dim if they don't believe in it. And if they feel like if they're, if they're hiding that light with lies. Mm. So I think that, you know, things that they do need to cling to are those affirmations that the Bible gives us. The promises that have been spoken specifically over their lives are the things that they, they need to cling to, that they need to have every single day in their back pocket. And that story of, you know, of God saying, this is my son whom I'm well pleased before Jesus did cross off anything on his to-do list. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, hold on to that story and remember that anytime you start to feel like the pressure to perform is just lingering or hanging on, off of you. And I think that you'll find some freedom in that for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love how you point out that. Yeah. No one knows how much I did to do or I, how much I did on my list in a, in a day. Like we don't walk around with these billboards that say like Nyla got four things done. That person got eight, like, or she still has two things to do that she didn't get to. Like that's people aren't aware. I guess I just, I've never heard someone say that before. And I just think everyone else is so aware of what I did not do, but they, they don't know unless I tell them it doesn't actually matter to them as much because they're, they're probably, yeah, they don't know. And they're probably, I don't actually know a ton of threes in my life either. So it's like, they don't care as much as maybe a three does. They're like, whatever, we don't care. Like if it's a seven, they're like, let's just have fun. Like who cares? Or like, or yeah, huh. That you've given me a lot to think about. It's really good. (laughs) Um, I guess I have always wished I was an eight. Like I just, Eight, <laughs> I realize eights have struggles too, and they have things they need to work through to become a healthy version of themselves. And, but like, I just love how an eight couldn't care less what people think about them. And a three, like I, 
that's um, something that I'm having to work through. Like it's my default to care what people think about me, but that doesn't mean I have to stay there. It's just not, I, I can work through it and not be such a people pleaser, but it is right now. It's like, you know, it's the default, but you can learn to be healthy in that area. But what do you say to someone who is like, oh, I just wish I was a six. Like, why did I have to be a four? Or um, What can we kind of say to be like, um, like, because your podcast is called Wild Confidence, like, how can we just be confident in the personality that God decided was best for us? I mean, I think that the grass is always greener. Mm. I can, I can also say, I wish I was a different type. <laughs> um, whenever you focus on the shadow side of your type, of course, you're going to say that mm. because you're not focusing on the shadow side of the type that you're talking about. Cause you don't know it. You don't mm. know what that, what it means. You don't know what it means for an eight to struggle with vulnerability. Like, I don't, I don't get that because I'm mm. really good at vulnerability. I can spill my guts all the live long day and no problem. So it's easy to focus on the shadow side of your own personality, your own life. Um, and think that, I mean, we, d- we did that before the Enneagram. Oh, I wish that I was more like my friend, Sarah, or I wish I had curly hair instead of straight hair, or I wish I had straight hair instead of curly hair. Like there's always things that we think that we know better mm. than the Lord. We, we know, we wish he would have made us this way because then we'd really be good. We'd, mm. we'd be successful or we'd be solid if we were different. And I think that that's where a everyone feels that way. So that's not a unique feeling. And B, that's where a total dependence on the Lord comes into play because whenever you do have those question marks or those heartaches and you give them to him, he's like, well, let me walk with you in those. Let me show you the next step for you. That wouldn't work out if you were a different type. It wouldn't, it wouldn't happen for you. This wouldn't be the next step. It wouldn't make sense. But for you, this is your next step. This is what I've called you specifically. And you just don't know the true inner working of anyone else. Mm. But we're all experiencing that same strife, I guess, or we have at one point or another. Maybe we're finally stepping into that confidence. And, but that doesn't mean it's forever, right? Confidence is not something that is linear. It's not something that doesn't waver. It's not something that is constant. Mm -hmm. It is something that is um, always a work in progress. And it's one of those things that we have to depend on the Lord and our faults and our shadow side and all of the bad in us is what draws us even closer to the Lord and creates that dependency. Cause we're like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to do with whoever you have made me to be. And he's like, great. You don't have to do anything. If you just lean into your weaknesses and allow that to be my strength, Mm. you know, our, our strength is uh, his strength is in our weakness. So if we can just lean into that and draw closer to him and be like, okay, I don't understand this about myself. Can you help me? I don't understand this about who you've created me to be can you walk me through this? I don't understand this about my calling. Can you tell me why that creates a relationship with him? It creates a communication with him that 
is so sweet. And it's not like your regular spoon fed faith in church. It's an Mm -hmm. actual conversation between you and the creator of the universe. And that is the coolest thing in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I love that you're, you're basically like being, let be choose to be confident in his decision to make you the way he did. And um, yeah, there's such intimacy when you're like, I can't do this on my own. Can you help me? And um, I love that you're, you're really saying to do that, to invite him into any area, even the Enneagram. Like, I don't get why I'm a three. Like, how do I be a healthy three? Like, can you, can you help me? Like he understands the Enneagram. He knows all the numbers really well. So, um, but yeah, yeah. Love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He knows his children. He knows us. And mm-hmm. if we can lean into that, then we'll, we'll feel confident because we won't feel like it's all on our shoulders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. Love this so much. Um, I guess I have a couple more questions here. Um, I'm going to reword this one on my outline, but if there's an Enneagram three or just, I guess any number really, that's maybe just in a season where they're struggling to rest, where would you tell them to start? Um, Like what would their first step be to, to, to incorporate some rest into their, their day or their life or week. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, we had to, my husband and I had to go cold Turkey (laughs) for it to kind of shake us a little bit and make us realize. Um, but if you can't do that, then I would say find one hour a day that has nothing to do with productivity or work or your identity or anything. It's just something you like to do. Mm. Maybe it's two friends episodes or, you know, just riding around in your car, listening to music um, for a few songs or whatever, do something that isn't, that is just fun. Mm -hmm. And that is just for you. That's not, not even like going to the gym because you feel accomplished and productive after that. That's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) Something that is, just keeping you present and keeping you fun and light Mm -hmm. and laughing, laugh at something every day. Um, and I think that's how you can kind of start the rest process, the introduction to rest, if you will, Mm -hmm. and then make it a little bit longer, a little bit longer until it's created boundaries for your workspace and your work time in that time frame that this is the time this is, you know, Monday through Friday, I get this work done. I'm not carrying it into the weekend. I need rest. If I do carry it into the weekend, I'm picking a different day in the week that I'm going to fully rest. I mean, there was, there's a Sabbath for a reason. Mm. And I think we're doing ourselves a disservice. Our community is a disservice and our families a disservice by not observing it. Mm. Mm-hmm. I guess one lie that I have thought about Sabbath, I, I know the Bible like says to do it and I've been trying to do it, but sometimes I'm doing it and I'm like, this is just making Monday more work because I took today off to rest, but then it's like, I have all these extra dishes to do on Monday. And so um, what what would you say to an Enneagram three who's like in that headspace of like, this, this time of rest is just going to make tomorrow twice as um, busy. I would say limit the amount of work you're doing in a day. Mm. So you have that time to do that. That's whenever you hour block, do what Mm. you need to do to finish working by five or 6 PM. 
Mm. And then that's whenever you can do the dishes, then do whatever you need to do outside of your office, then do the thing that's fun or Mm. that's enjoyable. But like, I mean, right now I'm looking at my uh, planner, right? I have, you know, I said that I was going to set the boundary to take two meetings a day. Mm -hmm. So that means that I am booked with meetings until let's see what I'm booked six weeks out Mm. because I've set that boundary for myself. Mm -hmm. So any new meeting that I take is six weeks from now, Mm. seven Mm -hmm. weeks from now. Mm -hmm. But that's a boundary that I had to put in place. So I would say do that more, put Mm -hmm. it, put boundaries in place that allow you to get everything you need to done in a reasonable amount of time. And I think it'll, it'll still allow you to rest. Mm -hmm. It sets you up to rest. If you, um, yeah, it's like preparing to rest almost in a way prepare to make the Sabbath more, um, restful by yeah. Getting things done maybe first. So yeah, I like that. Um, I guess, yeah, we've talked about everything on my outline here. Is there anything you wanted to share that you didn't get to share yet? Um, I don't think so. I think we've covered a lot about the Enneagram within the gospel. Um, and I just, yeah, I think it, it, we've covered a lot. <laughs> yeah. A lot of different angles of it for sure. Um, uh, yeah. Where can people find you if they'd love to uh, learn more about you? Where do you hang out most on the internet? Sure. I'm on Instagram, probably the most at Ainsley B. Um, I have a TikTok that's Enneagram and chill. Um, Wild Confidence is the podcast and my website is AinsleyBritton.com for Enneagram coaching or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I think you just did a TikTok on, was it an Enneagram three? You were like wrapped in a blanket. I feel like. Yeah, I do them in order. Oh, okay. You can kind of follow along with like, oh, when's my type going to be up, up there? You'll kind of know. Oh, um, okay. I yeah. saw it, I saw it on Instagram story. So it was just like a little share of that one. So I think that's. Why oh I saw yeah. It. Yeah. I know exactly. Which, yep. Yeah. Yes. I liked it though. <laughs> um, I so do, fun. I do have some rapid fire questions here. Do you have time to just sure. answer them? Sweet. Yeah. Um, I ask all the guests that come on these questions about just entrepreneur life and it's interesting to hear different people's um, answers. So uh, what is the best part of entrepreneur life and what's the hardest? I think the best part is making my own schedule mm. and the hardest is something I actually don't, I'm not going to struggle with anymore, but I always say that the plague of the entrepreneur is fatigue. Mm. Everyone's always tired if you're an entrepreneur and that's what I'm fighting against now. That's mm. what I'm not going to accept anymore. Um, so it used to be fatigue. Now I think just the dependence of your, yourself. I mean, Mm -hmm. if I'm not working, I'm not working, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably that answer the hardest and the the best is making my own schedule. Mm -hmm. I like how you're like saying, I'm not living this way anymore, even though it's the common story, like entrepreneurs are just tired and burnt out. You're like, you're like, no, that's not my story. Um, with Jesus, anything's possible. And I can be a rested entrepreneur and successful. So I love that. You're just, nope, not doing that. (laughs) So that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Love that. Uh, who do you look up to in business and why? Um, I 
love Jess Connolly. Mm. Um, she, I think really cheers people on well and still celebrates the people in her circle while running a business, which is really neat. Um, she's always encouraging other writers to, you know, keep going with their craft and um, helping just in any way that she can. And she's an Enneagram eight. So I love that about her. Hmm. And it shows how growth, you know, how much growth she has um, by going into her too to really rally the women around her. And I'm trying to think who else. Annie F. Downs is a huge, um, I guess, mentor of mine that I get to reach out to every now and then and be like, uh, can you help me <laughs> figure this out? She's really great as well. So both those women are huge influences in my day-to-day life and my business. Mm-hmm. And Annie right now has an Enneagram summer series going on. And I know she's had it for the last little while on her podcast, which I have learned so much about the Enneagram listening to like her interview, like two threes or two eights or two, whatever, two twos, or it's, it's a really cool, um, what, what's her podcast called? Uh, that, that that sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. I really like those ones. So, um, yeah. Uh, what is something you wish you would have known from day one of being an entrepreneur running your own business? Uh, I wish I'd have known not to start a nonprofit. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I started a 501c3 right out of college and it still haunts me. So I would just, I, I think I, what I mean is that I wish I knew that I could make money and still be generous. Mm. Mm. It doesn't Mm. have to be a 501c3 where you give up ownership of the business to a board. Mm. 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 Yeah. Um, best business advice ever given, that's a hard one. I know <laughs> that I've gotten or that, I've yeah, given. that you've been, that someone spoke over you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, let me think, let me think, let me think. It's a hard question. I know. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's like that you're allowed to make money mm. like, as a two, I would want to do everything for free for everyone. Mm -hmm. And someone recently asked me, how do you justify doing what you're doing and getting money for it? And it made me think, and I was like, I I can do what I'm doing because I'm getting paid for it. Mm -hmm. I can do it more. I can offer other things for free. I can offer extra time because I can feed myself, you know? So, um, yeah, I just didn't, I would have, I would have done everything for free had someone mm. not been like, you know, you can make money and still do this. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's just like a light bulb moment when people like just put a, just even say a sentence and it's like kind of changes everything. It's like, huh, needed that, that veil kind of taken off my eyes. So um, you kind of answered this about the, like with the nonprofit, but if there's something else that comes to mind too, or, um, but what is, is there something valuable you learned from making a mistake in business? Yeah, definitely the nonprofit, uh, <laughs> route was, is probably the number one answer. Um, number two, I would say, I don't know, because I kind of throw spaghetti noodles at a wall and see what sticks mm. a lot. So I think that's probably my only one because I don't know that everything else was a mistake. I think everything else was a lesson. 
Uh, yeah, just just a learning by trial and error. I like that reframe. That's that's yeah. good. It's not and give yourself time. Like mm. I think that I was in such a rush to do whatever that um, I probably burnt myself out more often than I should have. When if mm. I would have just spaced it out and given myself time, it would have been a lot more graceful. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think sometimes like me personally, I see someone else's business successful and it's like, I got to be as successful as them. And then it, you learn like they've run that business for 10 years. Like it took time sure. for them to get where they are. So I can take my sweet time too. <laughs> so Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess to end, my last question is, this is the Her Holy Hustle podcast. Um, how would you personally define a holy hustler? So someone who dot, dot, dot. I would say someone who works for the glory of the kingdom, Mm. glory of God and to advance the kingdom. Um, That's what I do. I know a lot of awesome Christian entrepreneurs who do the same thing. And that's probably how I would describe it. I think that there's still, you're still allowed to have rest within that hustle. And the ultimate goal is to bring glory to God and advance the kingdom. Mm. So that is how I would describe a holy hustler. That's so good. Cause as a three, we can be like, my goal is to be appear successful to other people. Or my goal is to make this much money, but you're like, no, no, no. Your goal is to bring glory to God. And that's such like a good anchor. Um, especially for me as a three to be like, no, the main goal is this. That's yeah. so, that's so good. Um, I love that. That's like, I think and that's one of my also, favorite answers. He also isn't worried about your to-do list. <laughs> mm, that's so good. <laughs> He's also just wanting to tell you that he loves you. So yeah, he never wa- that in mind too. He never wakes up and is like, do you know, like, oh my goodness, do you know how much you have on that to-do list? It's like, yeah, he's not acting exactly. like that. So so good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think this is gonna bless people and give them a taste of um what the Enneagram is. And um um, do you does Beth have she uh, like does she have a what do you call it, like an assessment for people to take on her website? Do you know? Yeah, she does. Um, you can, I have an Enneagram tab on my website. Oh, okay. You can go to ainsleybritton.com forward slash Enneagram. Okay. And it'll bring you to a page with all kinds of options uh, along with her free assessment. Okay. I'll put that in the show notes so people can go and do some research and um, see what number maybe comes up. I've heard it say that if it just comes up as a number, that might not be your number, but go research like maybe your top three or whatever and see which one feels like someone read your diary kind of thing. Is that definitely the yeah. test is the is only 75% accurate. Oh, so okay. um yeah, read about your top three and kind of dive in that way, but don't rely on it mm-hmm. to spit out the first correct answer. Okay, sweet. So yeah, if you're not sure, guys, where uh what number you are, go and we will put that in the show notes. So yeah, thank you for spending an hour of your morning with me. This was really awesome. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to hear it. Nyla, what's a Christian life coach? Great question. Well, when a basketball player wants to improve their skills on the court, they hire a basketball coach or a personal trainer. When a child or adult desires to improve their singing voice or musical instrument skills, they hire a voice teacher or a piano or guitar teacher. Certified life coaches like me, we help people get stronger in various life areas that they feel less than confident in currently. As your Christian life coach, I can help you ditch dieting and improve body image from a biblical lens, as well as help 
help you feel better in other areas such as relationships, boundaries, people-pleasing, self-care, comparison, perfectionism, and more. To book an inquiry call, you can go to Instagram and you can DM me at Nutrition with Nyla and say you're interested. It's for free and it's 15 minutes and you can ask me all your questions about possibly hiring me as your Christian life coach and I do it virtually over the phone so it doesn't even matter if we're not in the same country which is so cool. Technology is such a gift from the Lord.